Hey guys, welcome to Marriage and Fatherhood. From a man's perspective, join us as we unravel some of the challenges that we face as married men. Oh, how are you? I haven't told anyone that you're coming on, so... I, I guessed as much, so I just went quiet. Yeah, I haven't told anyone you're coming on, so people are going to be excited to see you, those that do know you. And those that don't, <laughs> you're going to get to know. Because when you need wisdom... <laughs> And you need experience uh, past the bad. Dear, dear. So, no, I'm a brief introduction, not not a long one, but brief introduction. So, Pastor Badge is a is a mentor to me. He's a role model. He's a father. He's he's everything that you could imagine that you would want for someone to look over you. And he has certainly been that in my life. <laughs> I met Pastor Badge in, in my late in my late teens or my early twenties, and there is no doubt that he is shaped who I am as a man, been a major contributing factor. So live on the platform, I say thank you, Pastor Badge. And I'm it's honored, good to be here. Honoured, honoured to have you on here because you certainly <laughs> helped me. Certainly helped me. I'm humbled. I really am. I, I am humbled. Um, it's, it's very humbling to be here. I watched a couple and it, it, it's hilarious. Mm. So I, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking for... I'm looking forward to it. I really am. I, I am. I'm, I'm honestly humbled. I'm looking forward to it. I've seen a few people that I haven't seen for years. Yes. But it, it's going to be fun. Yeah. No, no, it's going to be so much fun. I'm just, my brother just put in the comments, this is a major signing. It's like signing Neymar. So, <laughs> to, to have you on there, this, this is a major signing. Oh, dear. That's and we've made a big I owe you one. I owe you one. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, okay, but so we won it. We won it. By the way, I have to say thank you. I have to say thank you. Seriously, we won it. Without you guys, we couldn't have done it. Seriously, <laughs> has Liverpool, you yeah. did us good. Uh, yeah, Pastor, you did I'm us a good. Fan. I'm a Liverpool fan. I'm a Liverpool fan. No, no, no. I totally forgot. No, no, seriously. We owe you. We owe you. Uh, you must have been tough. <laughs> no, it it's, it's been a while. Um, I've been a Liverpool fan since 72. And... So I've seen the thing go up and down, up and down, up and down. This one was a big one. Last year hurt. I mean, to, to score 100 points, to have 100 points in the wow. league, every other year, that would have won it, hands down. Yeah, yeah. And we came second. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now that burned, that, that burned, that, that burned a lot. Oh, <laughs> it burned a lot. But no, no, we owe you. But no, no I'm looking well, forward well to it. Deserved. No, Liverpool definitely deserved it. Definitely. No, I'm very humbled. Very humbled. Still looking forward to the Man City game. That should be pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, I am, I am as well. I am as well. That should be heavy. That should be heavy. All right, let's dive into it, my brother. I'm open. Okay. Shit. Um, uh, Pastor Bad, we'll get into it. If my internet acts funny, please forgive me. It's Sky. Me it's and not Sky have been, having, have been at wars. Um, people have <laughs> given me grief. But as long as you Seriously. can hear me, job done. No, I can hear you. I, I can hear you. We're good. We're good. All right. Perfect. So uh, my first question, and feel free to dig, dive in as much as you want. I'm not going to interrupt you and stop you. Just pour out your knowledge. <laughs> so my first question is, what is the point in marriage? What is the purpose? Because I've had a lot of people on here. Single, when the single guys have jumped on, they've almost, yeah. they've almost asked the question, what is the point? Plus, it's extremely difficult. They would almost rather not get married. 
and potentially go down the route of just having children. Um, wow. So, I mean, what, what is the purpose of marriage, especially for those who are married as well? Okay. Um, let's, let's boil it down. The first thing is we cannot judge whether or not marriage is right or wrong because of our circumstances. The, because all of our circumstances are different and we are imperfect. So if I want to judge whether, what, if I want to look at the purpose of marriage, I have to go back to the person who created it and that's God. Um, and so when you look at the purpose, so you have to ask the question is, okay, God, why did you create this process of marriage? What did you have in mind? And then if that, that then becomes our foundation of what marriage is all about. Um, and so because, because we've got an hour, I mean, we, I will, let me speak about it from a biblical perspective. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Um, the Bible says the following, and the Bible says, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them know um, that it is not good for a man to be alone. I will make him a helpmate suitable and adapted to him. Now, that phrase is key because the word used is helper. Helper indicates there's something for the person to help with. So if that is the joining point between a man and a woman, the purpose of marriage is to preserve. That's the safest place that the purpose for the whole is kept. So when God created marriage, he wanted to ensure that the original intention that he created the man for, the original intention that he wanted them both on the planet for, was kept and it was in a marriage. And so that's the purpose of marriage. We also have the element of procreation. That's where children come from. And so we realize, but the essence is, notice in Genesis 1 and 2, where it is presented, you realize God gave men and women a task in Genesis 1, 26 to 28. And that is, one, become like me. Two, take control of the earth and manage it in the service of God and man. That was the original task he Everybody got that task. But when it came to the purpose for the man and the woman, it was purpose God was protecting. So when God creates a marriage, what is he protecting? He's protecting the purpose that's sitting on the inside of the man and the purpose that is sitting equally on the inside of the woman. And so you realize that's the purpose of marriage. It's the closest representation that people can look at and say, this is what God looks like. Um, because that's where, so that's the beauty of it. And that's what God uses for marriage. It's the basis of society. And so you, you realize that the purpose for marriage is that the reason God created marriage was to preserve and to ensure the successful completion of the purpose that sits within the man and the woman. Mm -hmm. And so that's what it's for. The fact that 
there are problems with it, it's not because it's dodgy. So I'll, I'll give you an example. If I decide to use, um, let me pick, um, let me pick a car that, that I, I don't. Okay, I, I I drive an Audi Q7. If I decide to use my Audi Q7 to transport um, something other than human beings, rocks or whatever, when the car gets torn up, I can't go back to Audi and say, you know what, you didn't make my car properly. They will say, you didn't use it properly mm. because we designed it to carry human beings. You've been using it for carrying rocks. So that means you cannot judge whether marriage is right or wrong or whether there are problems or not because of the way it has been used. Mm. You have to go into the mind of the person that created it. Mm. The person that created it was that in this place, the original purpose for both of you will come to pass. Second, it will reproduce on earth what I have in heaven. It's the strongest place of agreement mm. on the earth. So that's because it, it's when you realize when God wanted to do something spectacular in Genesis 1.26, he said, let us make man. That means when God wants to up the level of, of ability, power, the everything he wants to put in, he comes together by choice. When you have a man and a woman in agreement, that's the strongest place for a family, a society, and a country to be. And that's why God created marriage. So that's what you've got to realize. The original intention was because this is what God wanted to do. And he said it will be successful within a marriage. There are problems. I accept that. But we cannot judge the value of the creation because of the problems. Work. That's not the case. Work. Yeah. Work. <laughs> okay, I, I hear some people and... In my mind, some people are saying, so are we saying everyone should be married? Is that the case? Or can some people choose not to get married? The beautiful thing about this, this is the wonderful thing. So again, does everybody have to be married? The answer is no. And I'll explain why. Two reasons. One of them is God gave us choices. So if you have a pressing, if, if you sense a pressing or an abundance of grace from God that says, I can do this. This is what God wants me to do. And for me to do that, I don't need to get married or I don't have the desire to get married. That's fine. You can still fulfill your purpose without a doubt. The question being is that will always be a grace. So that means a grace will be given to a person to remain single for a reason and remain single, no bitterness, no nothing twisted. It is just that God, I have a reason to serve you and I'm not getting married. At the same time, there might be some people who, so that, that, that is, they are single by choice. There will always be a reason. So would such a person fulfill their destiny and their purpose? Yes, they would. Because 
the primary relationship that's going to cause you to fulfill your purpose and destiny is yours and God. That's the first thing. Second, the second thing you've got to realize is, does everybody have to get married? Not necessarily, because in all sincerity, it's, if, if, you look at, if you look at the word, do they have to get married? The answer is no. Because the question is, for you as a human being, what's that pinnacle of achievement? It's to fulfill the reason you are here. And if the reason you are here is fulfilled, even though you're on your own, you don't have to get married. Because in all sincerity, our example is Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, reading from verses 1 and 2, the Bible says very clearly, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and the Bible says he sat down at the right hand of the Father. That means you cannot tell me that Jesus Christ was not, a success, was not successful mm. because he was. So the answer is no. That does not take away from the fact that if the grace is not present mm. for you to remain single, that means either the weight of purpose or the grace of ability for you to remain single, then in all sincerity, start praying about getting married. Mm. So as long as there's a destination in your heart that this is what I, my heart says, I want to get married, irrespective of your age, then start believing God for it. Mm. Right. And that because, remember, it is a choice. That's what makes us like God. And God had to take the risk of giving somebody the ability to choose for and against him. And choices, marriages are built on choices. Right. You have to choose. Right. You've got to make choices. So that's it. Okay, I so having said that, let's consider, again, so this is all part of a men's perspective, and this is more... Oh. Yeah. And of course, they're gaining some information that's healthy. How does a man prepare? <laughs> As guys, how do, how do we prepare for marriage? You know, what, what, do, you, what do you say to... Be married and choose the right person. Okay. Oh, some said they can't hear me. All right, so um, you'll get a little bit, yeah, so, so I, I, it's getting a little bit fuzzy on my end. So uh, hopefully, can you hear me? I so can, can I go ahead and answer? I can so hear you. If, Should I say it again? Yeah, okay. Okay, so say it again. If, if not, I'll repeat it so everybody can hear it. Okay, so the question I asked was, how does a man prepare for marriage? In a nutshell, that was my question. All right. So, how does a, how does a man prepare for marriage? It's 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 an interesting situation. So, there are a couple of things we need to look at, and this is this is where we'll go for. Okay. So, there are a couple of things we need to look at. So, the first thing is, when you want to prepare for marriage, the first thing you need to work out is this: your. If you look, at, let me use Genesis one and two. If you notice in Genesis 2, reading from verses 7 down to verse 15, God and man interact in a way without women. So it gives us in Genesis, the whole of Genesis 2, gives us the various steps that a man, this is what you need to do to prepare for 
a woman. So there are a couple of things that we'll look at. Um, let me pick up on, on a few of them. All right. The first thing is create, um, create an environment. So the man has to build his relationship with God, which is key. That's the first thing. And so, guys, let's put it in context. God takes the man and he puts him in a garden and gives him a task. And in that task, he says, anything I bring into this garden, you will do two things. The first one is nurture. The second one is keep. Let's put this in context. For the guy, your relationship with God, how do you prepare for a marriage? One of the biggest things you've got to do is build your relationship with the father. And I'll explain why, because I won't just throw out an answer. So your relationship with God is founded on five things. Your, it's founded on five things. So my relationship with God is through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. But there are five parts that I have to do. Number one is Bible. The Bible. The reason I say the Bible, your, my relationship with God is through the word of God. It's not by opinion. It's not in any other way. For a very simple reason. When I look, when I discover God through his word, it's not head knowledge, it's heart knowledge. So it changes me as a person. That's the first thing. The second thing is God's word does not change. And that means irrespective of my circumstances, I have a relationship with God that is, I can trust him so I can go back to it. Second one is prayer. And I, what I'll do is I'm going to give personal examples around this. Second one is prayer. The third one is worship, spending time in worship with God. The fourth one is obedience, doing what God says. And the fifth one is giving. That is the sacrificial provision to God and what he requires, whether that be resources or my life. Now, why am I saying that? Build that first. Because when you get married, you will need God more than when you were single. Trust me. It is not. <laughs> uh, I've been married now for 23 years. If you think you prayed before you got into marriage, <laughs> get married. It, it, it's you are realized because you are now responsible for somebody else. Okay, Bef because you are responsible for somebody else, your relationship with God has to be on another level. So when, I, because the way you pray is you're praying not only to keep you going, but you're praying to keep others going as well. That means you've got to understand the God you serve in such a way that when somebody else brings you a problem, you take it to him, get an answer, and present it to her or them. That's why the first thing you've got to do is make sure your relationship with God is tight. And when I say tight, just personal. That means you are talking to God and God is talking to you. That's critical because there will be situations because, uh, let me put it in context, marriage is between two strangers. Doesn't matter how long you date for. The day you get married, you will realize that, wait, <laughs> I didn't know this about you. And so all of a sudden it will freak you out. You really do not know. It doesn't matter how long you date. By the time you get married, it takes it to another level. I'll give you an example. My wife and I were friends for 
um, four or five years before we got um, before we got and I knew her reason I knew her enough to make a choice to say God this is the person I want to marry we get married just to give you an example in my house we eat at the table my wife eats off a tray and I couldn't understand why everything and so if I did not have no I couldn't I mean why and it wasn't so much that it was a quarrel I just thought why don't you like eating at the table and I couldn't understand because all my life we've always ate at the table now I'm married to somebody who eats off a tree so we eat either in the living room in front of the television or we eat in the bedroom I could freak out. I could say, banging my head against the water, it's on the table, we got to eat. Why? Because that is what I'm used to. So, what helps me? The Word of God helps me. So the Word of God says, when you want to love your wife, First Peter chapter 3, said, love your wife in knowledge, meaning. Or let me just use the two examples. He said, nurture. When you nurture something, the information related to the thing you are nurturing is what governs your actions, even though you do things differently. So because I am there to nurture my wife, that means I have to find out what works for her and bring it into her world when I do so. So what happens? I, I mean, who made the adjustment? I did. Am I a happy man? I am. Trust me. No, no, no. Between you and I. Why? Because what do I want to do? I want closeness. I want conversation. I want intimacy. I want strength. I want prayer. And if what that means is when I bring it. So let, let me put it in, in context. So what I had to do was I had to make the adjustment so that the, 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 let me use the word plant, and I'll use it respectfully. The plant that God has given me, I want it to grow. I am the beneficiary later. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. at that point, I make the adjustment. So, guys, if you don't have a relationship with God, meaning you don't understand what kingdom culture is like, you are going to have a clash of heads. Mm. And you may win, but you may do damage you cannot repair. Word. And that's what you want to keep in mind. And so first thing, for guys to prepare, build your relationship with God so that God can tell you, let this part of your yesterday go because tomorrow can't cope. Yeah? And those are the kind of things you've got to keep in mind. So that's the first thing. So build your relationship with God so you're talking to him, he's talking to you. That's the first thing. The second thing is this. You have to realize that what do you do for gentlemen? You, you, you have got to understand what am I on the planet for? Yeah. Now, I say, this, I say this very carefully. I'm not saying you need to know all the details. I'm just saying you need to know that God put you here for something. Mm -hmm. Because, listen carefully, your wife is coming to help. If she doesn't have anything to help you with, she will invent it. Ouch. And if she invents it, 
both of you are going to be miserable because that's what she's there for. So she will, if she feels that there's a gap in your life and you cannot tell her this is the way we're going, when the girl invents it, don't blame her because she's coming to help you. Yeah. And nature abhors a vacuum. So you've got to understand what do you want to plan it for? I'm not saying you know all the details, but at least realize that, God, you put me here for something mm. because you have to lead. Leading means you know the destination and you're taking somebody with you to that destination. But what you also realize is this, within that destination, the other person's purpose, destiny, and fulfillment will be built the same way it's built with you. So guys, you've got to understand what you're here for. You've got to appreciate the fact that you're not an accident. Yeah. You've got to appreciate the fact that God saved you for something. And that, I mean, when I got married, I didn't know much more than that. I knew that, listen, God has saved me for something. I'm here for something. And over the last 23 years, let me say this about my wife. My wife has helped me unravel things that I was not brave enough to confront. Mm -hmm. Why? Because she loves me. And that's, that's that, that part of me. And because, so that means she can tell me what other people can't. Mm. So when, and because, and because what, why? Because the simple reason is I've come to the conclusion that the lady doesn't mean me any harm. God sent her there for that. Mm. So those are the parts. So, that, so know what you're here for. You will, it will, you will learn more as she comes, but it's got to be there raw. She'll help you work on it. That's what you've got to do, but you must know it. So, that's a, so the first thing is you've got to work on your relationship with God, work on your purpose. Then you have to understand, I mean, what else do you, the guy think? Let's talk about work. Um, if for guys, you need, you see, you having a purpose influences what you do daily. You see, I didn't say have a job. I said, you've got to have work. Now, what that means is work means what God has called me for shows up in my daily journey, whether I am at a job or not. So I can be doing a job I hate, but you need to do a job. I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, and I'll explain the difference between job and work. A job will pay bills. Work will change you. Mm. Two different concepts. When I'm working right now, I am working. Why? Because I'm growing while I'm doing this, allowing God to do all these things through me. I'm working. So by the time I come away from this into life, I am a better person than when I came in. Yeah. When I am doing a job, you are paying me for my skills, and you know, you're not particularly bothered how, whether or not I'm a great person or not. And in all sincerity, I can do a job and I can go away exactly the same way. But what happens is you do a job because it's necessary. Mm. You work because you actually enjoy it. And that's what God has put you on the earth for. They're two different concepts. Now, but let's say I'm doing a job. People say, okay, but does that mean I have to leave my job to go and do my work. No, you don't. So 
what I found is this is what I enjoy doing. I, I love I love teaching the Bible. I love explaining who I am and whatever. I remember when I was working in IT, that paid the bills. But the grace for me to be brilliant wasn't there. It's I, I, I was good, but I wasn't fantastic. But while I was there, there were different people in my sphere that allowed my work to show up so I could support, I could counsel, I could guide, not 24-7, but the opportunities were there. Mm -hmm. So work will show up in a job. So make sure you have a job. And if the ladies are watching, if the brother is not working, don't marry him. Ow. If he's not willing to work, don't marry him. No, no, no. It's as simple as this. And I'll, and I'll give you an example. So you're saying don't well, marry him if he's not working, not don't marry him because he doesn't have a job. No, if, he, if the guy doesn't have a job and he chooses not to work, this is work as in work to pay bills. Mm. Don't marry him because things aren't going to change much. No, 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 don't marry him. I'm not saying, because in essence is this, I, I'm not saying that, what I am saying, and I'll say it very carefully, there is laziness is completely different from you being unemployed. Work. Unemployed means I'm looking for a job and I'm willing to work. Mm. Laziness means I don't want to work anyway. <laughs> so I, you know, even the job done, I don't want to do it anyway. I'm I'm pretty good. My mom takes care of me. Other people pay my bills. No, no, no. Don't marry him. It's like so. So keep it in mind. The reason being is this. I'll give you an example of, of how much it means. When we got married, we moved to Brighton, and the aim was I was I went to go and start a parish, parish of Jesus house, tiny tiny church. So we arrive in Brighton and the parish is small. So I'm, I'm busy on Sundays, but Monday to Friday, I'm pretty much free. So I'm, I'm looking for a, a job in IT. But my wife would then go out to work. So we were living off the balance and my wife was great about it. Wonderful about it. But there was something missing and I couldn't put my finger on it. I remember the day that I, she had gone to work and I was frustrated. Things had begun to grind. And I said to the Lord, you know what? What do you want me to do? He said, print your CV out. Get up, get dressed, go into Brighton and give your CV. Work, find work anywhere you can find it. That means it's not a matter of looking for the job that you really want. Just go and get a job to pay bills. I went, fantastic story, went to a particular agency, gave them my CV and there was a little card in the window and I, and I asked them about that job. They said, oh, they've just filled it, but we'll take your CV anyway. That send your CV over. So I sent my, got home and fax, this was in the days of faxes. Um, some of you may not know what that is. You can look on the internet. Um, I faxed the fax. So I sent the fax, but when it got to the people's machine, only my name appeared. Mm. No detail, that it ran out of paper. So my wife said, will you go call them? So I called them, you know, after two weeks of trying, I phoned them up, clocked up, phoned them up, I said, okay, I'm here for the job. Um, I just want to check, why didn't I get it? And the reality was they said, oh, we've been praying for you to call. Those were her words, this is right. And they said, the paper ran out. Can you come in for an interview? I came in for an interview. Okay, can you do a three-day test tomorrow? So I did the three-day test. I got the job. 
I will never forget the look on my wife's face <laughs> when she got ready for work and I got ready for work. And she realized, you are not doing this because you enjoy it. You are doing this for us. It changed our marriage. What? That's what you've got to realize. So when I say that if a guy is not willing to do that early, don't enter because <laughs> it's going to be tough to change. That, and that's what you've got to look at. So you've got to keep it in mind. You've got to keep it in mind. So those are the kind of things that grow your marriage. So guys, make sure work and job, job necessary, work, enjoyment, both have to be part of your world. The last thing what I will say is, what do you need to do to prepare? You've got to work out how God talks to you. Because like you said earlier, you're about to make probably one of the most important choices of your life. How do you learn to hear God? You learn to hear God in smaller things before bigger things show up. And I'll prove it to you. Notice, when God tells Adam, I'm going to make you a helpmate, the Bible then says God doesn't put him to sleep immediately. He says, Let's name the animals together. The Bible says in the Old King James, so God will bring the animals to Adam to see. Not that God wants to see, but for Adam to see what was in God, that what do you want to call this animal? And then he will then say, this is a lion or this is a tiger or whatever. And the Bible says, whatever Adam called the name of that animal, that was the name of it. What was God doing? He was teaching him how to hear him until it became critical. Mm. So once Adam had learned the skills and all the alternatives were removed, the Bible says God put Adam to sleep. Then something else happens in the Bible. The Bible says God makes a woman. That means the names didn't come from Adam. They were already in God. He knew what he made when he was making a lion. It wasn't like, okay, let me just make an animal with a, a fluffy mane that looks like a cat. But no, no, no. And then it out, Adam squared this for me. And, and I was, um, yeah, lion. And God said, that's it. Bro. No, no, no. That's not how God functions. God knew what he was making. That means when he brought the animal to Adam, Adam had to discover in his friend God, what were you making? Right. You're making a lion. God, Adam will now say, this is a lion, and it built his confidence until the choice became critical. So God now brings the woman to Adam after he has trained him how to hear, identify, and declare what he needs to know the most. Then when God brings the woman to Adam, he doesn't say a word. Why? Adam had learned how to hear and identify God's will. So it's very important that, guys, the one thing you've got to work on is how does God talk to me? Because everything is going to hinge 
on you making a choice where God is going to bring someone into your world and then confirm to you in a way you understand that this is the person I want you to be with. Yeah. And it's rarely that the first time you go and ask God for guidance is because of the woman you want to marry. That's a big choice. Yeah. He will have taught you before in small things. Wear this shirt today, don't wear that one. Park here, don't park there. Go left, don't go left. Take the train, don't take the bus. In the little things, he will coach you so that you can recognize his voice. Mm. For a very simple reason, over the last 23 years, the difference between life and death in our family has been the ability to identify that voice. Mm. And I can tell you stories. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, the yeah. difference no between life and death. I, I, there, there are a whole variety. You've got to be able to identify the fact that this is God and this is not. That's been, that's what's kept us over the years. And many times it's been the difference between, and I say this sincerely, between life and death, whereby you can identify that God, this is you talking. Possibly when our second daughter was... Huh? I was going to, let me ask you this, because I speak to, obviously I speak to a lot of guys and I can hear some voices in my head now. And some guys will say to me, they feel as though they have, the ones who are married, they've drawn the short straw. And those who are going to be married, again, they're drawing the short straw because they see it as the guy has to do the nurturing. So we've spoken about nurturing. The guy has to build his relationship. And it's almost the guy doing all the work and setting the foundation for the woman. And they feel as though I'm being cheated because I'm giving, 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 and I'm sacrificing, and I'm loving unconditionally, whatever that looks like. But what do I get in return? So, so that's, guys, that's they feel rebellious because, no, I'm not doing that no more. I'm always the one to say sorry. I'm always the one wow. to pick up the pieces. I'm always the one to nurture and to sacrifice. So what does the woman do? All right. So let's so put it in context. Okay. Let's boil it down. The guys aren't drawing a short straw. It's you've got to understand the process. So we'll break it down. Marriage is founded upon God. And God describes himself, 1 John chapter 4, verse 8 to 10, as God is love. Okay? That means if I'm going to have a successful marriage, the foundation of, my, of marriage will be love. But you've got to understand how love works. So when I look at how God describes himself, he says, in 1 John 4, verses 8 to 10, he says, if anybody does not love, he does not know God, for God is love. Then the Bible says, in this was love made clear. That just paraphrase. In this was love made clear. When he sent Jesus to die for us and pay for our sins, not that we loved him, but he loved us. Fine. So let's deal with the guys first, but let me define love. So love based upon the way God loved us is that love is the sacrificial provision of what another needs in a way or manner that they may receive it. That means for the guys, your job, love for you 
is an action. It is, it's not always going to, you are not always going to be the one that forgives. You're not always going to be the one that has to make the sacrifice. She's making sacrifices too. Trust me. It's just that she may not be telling you what they are. She's making sacrifices, but we'll come to that in a minute. So for the guys, the sacrifices that are required are you've got to fulfill two tasks. Sacrifice one, nurture. The price of nurturing is discovering about whatever you are nurturing. Making sure that thing gets it and allowing that thing to grow into whatever it is. So you must discover what matters the most to your wife and give it. That's yours. The second part for a guy is keep. That's the protection part. So that part is you make sure nothing that shouldn't be in your marriage is in your marriage. That's our job. It is a lot of work. Yes, it looks like it's, you know, that we're getting the short stop, but we're not. So love is when you sacrificially provide to your wife what she needs in a way that she may receive it. So when you're, when you're talking about, let's say, um, let me give you an example. If, if you want to demonstrate love to your wife, I will use my first February 14, yeah? Valentine's Day. Just got married. We got married on January 2nd. Valentine's Day was the focus. Right, on this particular Valentine's Day, I'm going to blow this girl's mind. I've been watching television for 30 years. No problems. I know what Valentine's Day looked like. I went out, <laughs> spent my hard-earned money, bought chocolate and flowers. <laughs> I gave, I came back in like the man in the suit. I must catch that brother. Seriously. I, <laughs> the guy in the suit that rides down mountains, I don't know. He comes in with the galaxy milk chocolate, give the woman. I gave her the chocolates and the flowers and then stood back waiting for the, you know what, let everything happen. I watched the woman give the flowers, a, a, no, the flowers die because she doesn't do flowers. And I watched her give the chocolates away. I was like, Wait, someone's lying to me. What, what, what just happened? The deal was this. That is love based on what I thought should happen. Word. So I started looking, listening, and learning. I noticed for my wife, it's completely different. The most important thing to my wife is security. The second thing is a tidy house. And let me say this carefully. It's been, it, like someone says, sex is a big part of marriage. The trigger in our house has been a tidy house more than chocolates or flowers. And trust me, I'm not suffering. Right. Once I realized, because I realized, so let me love this woman in the way she wants to be loved. Mm. It blew my mind. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. The first thing that's when you're so the essence is look, listen, learn, and then give what is required. The results you are looking for will blow your mind. Yeah. That's how you love as a guy. Now, the second part of love is for the lady, and this is key. If you go to the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 33, reading it from the Amplified Bible. The Bible, let me see if I can pull it up really quickly. Um, it's a beautiful thing about having many things in front of me. <laughs> um, what I want is amplified. That's it. Yeah, that one. All right. Ephesians 5 verse 33 says it better than I can. So I'll just read one verse of scripture. 
and then I will explain. The Bible says, however, let each man of you, without exception, love his wife, as being, in a sense, his very own self. Then, and the Bible then says, and let the wife see that she respects and references her husband, that she notices him, regards him, honors him, prefers him, venerates and esteems him, and that she defers to him, praises him and loves and admires him exceedingly. I am a guy (laughs) and I am very difficult. (laughs) Trust me. The pastor Bajo and Bajo are two different people. Bajo is very difficult. I am very, I'm a hermit. I don't like coming out of my space. I don't like necessarily talking. I had to learn to communicate in marriage. I learned it. Wow. My wife, when my wife now has to choose to make all those things happen. So that for her is work because she's got to understand what matters to this guy the most. And trust me, it can it can Pastor, be difficult. Pastor Bad, what was that scripture again? Ephesians five. Ephesians five thirty three. Ephesians five. Ephesians 5. Yeah, Ephesians five thirty three in the Amplified. The boys are going to use that as a weapon now. <laughs> it's not it. a weapon. It's a two part <laughs> thing because I haven't finished. That's they're gathering ammunition. Let me blow their world up. No drop. <laughs> this is the deal. The second part is this. Men, for guys, love is an action. For a woman, love is a response. So the harvest you're looking for. So if you, when I I remember the day that if you're looking for a submitted wife or you're looking for a gentle wife or you're looking for a wife who appreciates, venerates, admires, and loves you, then your job is to love her in the way that she wants to be loved. When you do so, you will reap a harvest of what you are looking for. That's not the short straw. But you cannot legislate or demand the responses. She may give them once or twice, but she's not. her heart's not going to be there. And that's what the issue is. So when you hear guys, I've drawn the short straw, I'm doing all the work, understand the process. The process is your job, look, listen, learn, and then love her in the way she's meant to be loved. The rewards will come naturally, trust me. Right. And because that's how God's made it work. And the part for a woman, because she will respond. So do what the woman requires. Remember, for I mean, there, there's certain things that matter. A couple of things you've got to learn as guys. Number one, what matters the most? Conversation. Women learn when they speak. Guys learn in isolation. Two different concepts. So when a woman wants to learn something, she's going to talk about it. You've got to learn to have conversations, even when you don't want to. Yeah. Because for her, talking about it is not about solving the problem. Talking about it is therapy that will bring her and she will solve her own problems, but she wants to do it in a conversation. So halfway through the conversation, the guy said, whoa, wait, wait, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Look, the car's not working, but okay, let me go and buy one. Because guys are blokes. This is how we function. It's like, 
just tell me the problem and let me go and solve it. She doesn't want the problem solved. She (laughs) wants your time. She wants to have a conversation. She wants to feel loved. Guys want to do love. Two different concepts. So the guy that... (laughs) I have have to stop you now because I have to go into another hour. So let's let's just pause here so I can save this. I can't lose it. Last week, I lost one of mine, and I was livid. So, okay, no problem. We need more. I don't mind. And guys, I don't mind. Understand the type of people that you need around you. This is why I've got past the bad around me. I've had this for years and years. So, listen. So, thank you so much. Um, Can we? Can you please join back in? So, everyone who wants to join in, um, please just sign back in, and then we'll continue where we left off. I know we've got questions as well. So, guys, if you've got more questions, or in fact, if you can repost your questions, that that then I'll do the questions. Yeah, okay. I've got got some good ones in here. Quickly pass the badge. Um, You don't have to answer now, but can you love if you don't believe in God? Did Adam and Eve really? Did Eve really help Adam? Should should religion dictate who we can love? Um, Some may say that. It is set in your own stand. Okay, I need to read that one properly. Um, yeah, that, that what, was the, what was the one before? Did Eve really help Adam? Yeah, so did, did she really help Adam? What did she help Adam with? Okay, what, and then there was another one after that. Um, can you love if you don't believe in God? Got that. Should religion dictate who we can love? Okay, got that. Uh, what would your advice be to couples who believe that God has... Hold on. What would your advice to couples who believe that God has ordained them to be together, but they don't enjoy being together? So they believe okay. God ordained them to be together, but... They don't enjoy being together. They don't enjoy it. Okay. Yeah, so we'll All pause right, there. Uh, sign back in, guys, if you really want to. Um, and yeah, we'll take it from there. I don't want to screenshot it, Janice, because I could lose it. So I don't want to take the risk. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you. All right. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you check out the rest of the episodes.